This episode is brought to you by the V1 Project. Before we dive into today's episode of the Lift Effect Podcast, I want to tell you about something that's really quite special to me. It's called the V1 Project, and it's all about bringing professional pilots together to create a supportive community. You know, being a pilot is more than just a job. It's a way of life. The V1 Project is here to help you cultivate a core set of values and virtues that will help you enhance not just your career, but all aspects of your life. Many of you have reached out and asked about the Lift Effect Mental Skills course for value-based living. While we're not offering that course right now as a standalone course, we have included it as the first four months of the V1 Project. So if you want to take that course, you got to go into the V1 Project to get it. But here's the thing. The V1 Project is not just about what you learn, it's about who you meet. It's all about building a strong sense of community. Picture yourself surrounded by like-minded individuals, all on a journey to better themselves and to support each other. Our motto says it all. V1 is a place for professional pilots to build community, cultivate and develop and express a core set of values and virtues for optimal living in a supportive community with encouragement and professional guidance. So if you're a professional pilot looking for something more, something that'll take your career and your life to the next level, head on over to the v1project.com. That's www.theve1, as in the number one, not O-N-E, but one, project.com. Join the V1 Project today, and let's go. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Lift Effect Podcast. I am your host, Matt McNeil, founder, clinical director, and director of human performance at Lift Effect, where we assist professional pilots with maintaining better mental health and optimizing their mental skills. The goal of this podcast is simple, to help pilots and other high liability professionals and disciplines come out of the shadows to discover how we can live better lives personally and professionally. Join us each episode as we discuss various topics ranging from mental health, mental skills and performance, to business, entrepreneurship, and a few other surprises along the way. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Keller, and the man who has a test of wills with his dog, <laughs> he's sitting there telling him, I will win, and the dog giving him a puppy face, so the man will lose, Matt McNeil. So, buddy, have you lost yet? Um, it's funny, I'm, I'm watching the, I have a camera here. I, this is her upstairs. So I got, I got a dog with the cone of shame on right now. And uh, she's a puppy. And she's discovered chewing things. So, uh, I, I don't know. The treat is still on the, the dog bed down there. So I, yeah. neither of us have won. Yeah. <laughs> Let me paint the picture here. Matt is in his room ready to sit there and, and do our podcast and his dog is in the hall is in the doorway sitting down <laughs> and it's a test of wills who's yeah. gonna win the dog won't come in and every time matt goes to reach him he pulls back so it's like the dog's going uh you're she's, coming to me and <laughs> yeah she's a german shepherd man so she is tough she is tough yeah oh she's just it's, she's just like she's protesting right now she's like i will not eat that treat because i'm not coming in there 
<laughs> and I'm like, then you're not getting. You're the making treat me wear the cone coming of shame. Here. You're coming and, to me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, she's she's pretty tough, but we'll see how this goes. I'll let you know how it goes. If, if she, if I, yeah, I'll I'll during, make sure to point the, podcast, the camera. Might, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see what goes on. <laughs> How's your week been going, buddy? The week has been fast, fast and furious. We did. Well, you know that's a good thing. At least you haven't had time to think it's about. Good. Some well, not things. furious, I should say. But we started a new V1 cohort. Charlie cohort yeah. started yesterday, which was awesome. Really excited. Cool, cool bunch of people. Uh, cool. Really good group group cohesion. First meeting, they were just starting to gel, man. So it was, uh, it was chaos. Pretty awesome. <laughs> pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Just fun, fun people in there. So that's what's going on. What's going on for you? What's happening? Uh, just. Um, my son's going through a big issue with um he wants to become a pilot and he's looking at these academies and they did not put anything up on their um website other than hey classes are starting every monday so he goes to start doing the process and they go oh yeah the next one is going to be sometime next year <laughs> and so he's all devastated right now trying to figure out what to do um you know he was a fire he was a volunteer he was a fireman he was he's only 21 so he's still young but uh he uh he wants to follow in my footsteps so mm. hey, right now we're just trying to deal with the uh going what are we gonna do i said dude you're only 21 you'll be 22 next year <laughs> it's <laughs> the, the world is still your oyster you got time you got time. yeah but to him no mm. you know it's like a it's, and and he puts unrealistic expectations really mm -hmm. he just uh whenever i think i said be pragmatic and if it doesn't work ha be be prepared you've got time yeah. uh and if it does that's just bonus but he mm -hmm. always thinks that it's going to happen which is good to be optimistic and hopeful but when it doesn't come through then it's like yeah it's a harder pill to swallow yep, yep. um you know I, I told you uh you know when people sometimes wonder if this is truly a scripted podcast <laughs> you're gonna it's clearly to not it's clearly yeah. not i mean my, i think yeah. your expectations must be really low <laughs> you're about <laughs> to find out how unscripted really is oh god uh, uh you know we sometimes have a sense of what we're going to talk about mm -hmm. but uh Right now, Matt goes, what are we going to talk about today? I said, you're about to find out. <laughs> so. I brace, 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 a, brace. Yeah, no, yeah. So if you never hear this, it didn't go well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, a tree falls in the forest and nobody's yeah, there to hear it. Did it make a sound? I no don't kidding. know. Uh, this is something that I've uh, wanted mm. to talk about or thought about for a while because it, it's personal. It's a not personal like private but it's mm -hmm. something that has affected me in my life and you know very well once i bring it up what it is mm. um during my career i have seen and talked to quite a few pilots that have done similar things along this line and that is flying is their primary source of income and what they do every day but they often be want to have that entrepreneurial bent and they want to do things on the side, either because they're concerned about what's going on with the economy, they uh, um, uh, want to earn some extra income, or they just want to have something to do once they retire or just in their off time, depending on how senior they are. So this is kind of a two-parter. The first part is they're, they're, 
the desire to have a part-time hobby or second mm -hmm. career is great, but it can create a huge financial impact on their lives. Yep. You know, and and when it doesn't, it creates almost in a way self-induced stress because of of the time it takes, because of the money pit it may or may not turn into, because some are very successful, but an awful lot, when I've talked to so many guys, they're on their third or fourth uh, uh, business venture, mm -hmm. and then they're trying to recoup money from the first two or three that they mm -hmm. lost on. So I guess two things that I, I want to ask is, w the first is, when you, when you start something out like that, what are things to do when it doesn't work? Because that it's, it's a self-created stress do you uh, do you just part of it is just to accept it and walk away and say you know what that just didn't work uh, or do you how do you turn it around so that it doesn't affect your the rest of your personal life with your family or it, it you know god willing it never bleeds over into the cockpit because you've created um an uh an unwanted or an something that didn't exist it was self created where you you mm -hmm. lost so much money doing it because you sunk it in there. Uh, and now you're affecting things because you got to fly more to make up for it and things like that. The second part of the question is, of those that are doing this, what are things to deal with to help them not get in that position? I.e., uh, what I mean by that is some tips and ideas, fundamentals of, of becoming and remaining profitable with a yeah. side hustle in general. So that's kind of the question is, because it's something that so many of us deal with. Uh, if you have, a, you know, I, I would sh I would challenge anybody to tell me they've never flown with someone that talks about, hey, I've got this really cool thing that you might be interested in. You know, how many times have you heard that in a cockpit? Oh, God. Many. Um, so I want to throw that kind of at you and see so, where you go with that one. Okay. I mean, I think it's probably going to touch on stuff that we've touched on in the, in the a past. A little bit. But let's, you know, like repetitions, the mother of mastery. So it's always yep. good to review this. So one is, I mean, there's a, so the first question was, what do you do when it doesn't work? Get How do you deal out. With yeah. um, get out. Get out. Get out. That's where people, they keep holding on. So the question is really, you need to figure out when do you get out? How do you know when it's time to get out? Few things. That come to my mind is when when do you quit well there's i've talked about it before is this is kind of a seth godin uh model anytime you're building anything there's going to be plateaus and there's going to be backslides that's just a normal part of development if you think about your flight training or i know all of you are aces and you never had any problems <laughs> but you know but it's like that we call them learning plateaus for a reason you're gonna you're gonna reach a point and then it's gonna stop and you're going to struggle, and then you're going to reach a point, and it's going to stop, and it's going to struggle. That's to climb to the top. And there is this thing sometimes where we backslide, and let's just call that the dip. There's a dip. There's always going to be a dip on the way to the top. It's like looking at the uh, stock market over the last hundred years. You know, it's it's up and down and up and down. There are dips in the market, uh, but it always continues to climb. It continues to climb. The dip is inevitable. And when, so you need to understand when you're in a dip and you have to be able to work through it. So there's a few things that come to mind, which we can get into in a second. Um, but if you find that 
when you are in the dip, whatever you're doing, and it doesn't, you know, that we got to talk about realistic time frames. I think some people are like, I need it now. It's got to happen now. And it's like, that doesn't, you know, you've got to give some, some things, there are cycles and you have to wait for things to come around, you know, to determine. But if you wait a long enough time and you find that you just keep ending back in the same place, no matter what you do, and you've waited it out, you work through the cycles, but you can't seem to get past this dip part, you quit. It's called a cul-de-sac. It just, no matter what you do, it's just it just comes back to the same place. When you find yourself in a cul-de-sac, you get out. Now, worse than a cul-de-sac is a cliff, where if you continue on, it is diminishing returns. That is a, a problem. And that often comes down to financial stuff where you're like, okay, I'm fully leveraged. I need, uh, it's like now it needs more. And now it's I've got to borrow like the more. It's almost like the poker thing where I got to doubling down. Doubling down. Because right. I got to make it back up type thing. Yeah. And that's if where it's I a see cliff, a lot of people go. Yeah. You quit. So you need to, the key is to be able to, as pattern recognition, you have to be able to understand like when you're no where are you on the map where am i on the map am i in a a dip is this a cul-de-sac is this a cliff if it's a cul-de-sac or a cliff you quit immediately as fast as possible and the best business people are the people that understand where they are they can recognize the signs and symptoms very quickly and then they they make they take action really fast. Where it goes wrong for entrepreneurs, especially ones that don't have a lot of business experience, is they don't know where they are. They think that they can just I, I can save it. It's sort of like a, a missed approach, you know. It's like mm-hmm. you don't you know I, I I can save it. I can say there's a point where you go missed, um, and I don't think you 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 push it. That's a silly thing to do. Sometimes you do, you know, there, there's certain situations where if you, if you don't continue, it might be worse, right? I mean, that, that happens. I can recall, you know, going into Jackson Hole, like, you know, it's always, if you know the weather in there, you know, if you're right on glide slope, you're going to go miss because you're not going to see the runway. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you've got to ride a little low, just a, a smidge, a titch low on the glide slope and you're going to get in. One of the, I remember I used to fly with this guy, he taught, taught this to me, especially at night in uh the spring you know march april if you're right on glide slope you're going to go miss most of the time <laughs> at night but if you ride just a little low not full deep not even half skilled deep, but a little low you're going to see the lights you're going to get in okay so you got to have some discretion through tons of experience but for the most part like you don't go you don't go below minimums and if you're not configured by the altitude that you're you, you go missed that's what you do so you need to have some 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 rules and I cannot certainly teach you that in five minutes on a podcast, but like you need to study, you need to read, you need to get coaching, you need to learn some fundamentals of business or you're just going to be lost. And I think that's a big key right there. And that's, this is the trap I fell into that I think many others do is it becomes personal. It's, it's not a business. It's, they always say like with, with stock trading or stocks, it's a, it don't, don't get personally attached. I remember with United when, when, when they went, went, they had bankruptcy. So many of my friends 
kept holding on to things going, it's going to bounce back. It's going to bounce back. I've put all this into it. And I go, if you can't do that because it just, that there's, because it's just hope. Hope is not a strategy. And the other part was the fact is that it, 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 you become blind because you take it as a failure. If it doesn't work out, I can't, I can't let it go because I failed. And, and that again now hits your psyche. So how do you, you know, how do you get past that where I, you've, you've equated your failure success as a human being to a business entity? You, you understand know, or, that, or that, to a f- venture. Yeah. Well, perfectionism is not helpful. No. And, and that is, you know, you, you, and pilots are the worst. This is where I see them trying to be entrepreneurs. They just suck at it because they, you know, they, they have this perfectionistic, well, no, I mean, that's not true. But you know, you've done some good stuff. I mean, you've some pretty profitable businesses at times. And but there, you know, but look, things shift and change, and you got to be able to recognize the change. And you know, you have to choose your partners very carefully <laughs> yeah. who you partner with, right? I've made that mistake. Um, but pilots have this perfectionistic attitude of I've got an, and that's part of our our culture is you can't fail check rides. You have to get everything right ninety five percent of the time. I mean, I talked. There was a guy in in in. Uh, uh, Charlie group yesterday, uh, a new member, and he said, you know, it's hard about the profession is we got to be right 95% of the time and the other 5% have to be acts of God. Hmm. So it leaves no room to, for error. And and that's fine, you know, in, in a flight deck. That's why we have procedures and, and checklists. And you know what, what your minimums are. You know what the, what the requirements are. And you stay within those margins of safety. But in business... Business is more volatile. It's there's so many. It's it is poker. People say business is like chess. No, chess you can memorize moves. Poker there is an element that is you, is unpredictable. It's like the weather. It's like the weather. You can start to recognize patterns and trends, and you kind of over time you learn. But it's it's very unpredictable. So I think like fundamentals of of business. I've said it before. This is Carl Bryan playbook, you know, our friend friend of ours, he was a mentor to me. But I mean, like, y- you have to understand revenue, gross profit, net profit, break even. You need to understand that. Now, before I get into that, and I'll break that down in a second, but one thing you, you kind of learn too is you don't use your own money. <laughs> And I know that's really difficult when you're an, a, a baby entrepreneur and you have an idea and it's like, you know, but but here's the thing. Here's a clue. If nobody wants to fund it, it might not be a very good idea. Sometimes it's a good idea. But like if, if people are like, yeah, I wouldn't give you a cent toward that, you might need to think about that. When you have a good idea and there is a market for your idea, you can get people's money. They will fund it. So that's a key thing to remember. And so then this brings me to like, go get a client first before you build a business because so many times people build this business and then nobody wants it. It's like, well, yeah, because it's not a useful business. You're not, you're not actually solving a problem for somebody. With or your business. the market audience isn't large enough to support. It's it. not large enough. It's not there, but if you don't have, I, I think there's a market for anything. <laughs> I mean, you know, you just have to understand how to solve a problem. And if you do not solve a problem that somebody has, 
uh, and provide them with the solution that they want that they don't have, you don't have a business. Um, you're there just to suck oxygen out of the room and try to capture a little bit of market share, which is not very interesting. I mean, that's like a pizza stand. It's like, okay, I mean, yeah, just going to put it on, the, on, a, on, a, on a block with 100 other restaurants. Well, okay, I might capture 1% of people that walk by, and maybe that's viable, but like, you know, you need to solve a problem. So it's much easier to build a business after you already have a customer than to build a business and then go find a customer. But what do entrepreneurs do? They want fancy websites and they want awesome business cards and t-shirts and mugs, but they don't have any customers because there is no business. So you got you have to do that. But let's say you have a business and you're, okay, so what are the warning signs um, that I should get out? That it's a cul-de-sac or a cliff well one is okay so some basic things and it's amazing to me when i talk to entrepreneurs it's like so what are your revenues and they're like what's revenue what's how much money you're getting paid oh you mean my how much i kept no that's profit well you mean after expenses well it depends so you need to understand some very basic fundamentals of business revenue is what you was is the cash that lands in in the kitty right somebody i have a lemonade stand and uh, I sell, you know, lemonade for five bucks, uh, a, a dollar a, a cup, and I sell five cups. I have five dollars in revenue. Okay, that's revenue. Now you have to subtract the cost of your goods, the cogs. Cost of goods would be the material that you crystal purchase. light, yep. <laughs> right? Yeah. If you're my kids, Crystal Light, lemonade. I'm like, nobody wants to drink that shit. Surprisingly, <laughs> they do. But okay, but the, the little, the, the powder, the yep. water, the cup. Or the actual lemons. Yeah, the lemons, <laughs> which is much better. Little sugar. Sugar. Right. Water. Little water, honey. That's the that's the cost of your goods. Revenue minus, minus cost of goods gives you your gross profit. That's how much you make. Okay, that's what I made after my cost of goods you're not done yet right and that's let's say that's going to be a 50 percent 50 and then you can get the margin by dividing the revenue by the cost all right so you get your, get your, your profit margin let's say it's 50 percent meaning after the cost of goods you keep 50 cents on that dollar that somebody paid but you're not done yet because now you've got to staff it you got to have the electricity for your little sign, you got to have your advertising, you got to rent the license, space, your license, your business license, all that other stuff. That's called your overhead. You subtract the overhead from your gross profit, and that is your net. That's what you capture at the end. It's the net at the bottom of the the Swiss cheese model of <laughs> reasons uh, model, right? That's your net. That's what you 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 net that. That's what you get to keep. So then let's say that's 20%. So you you spend a buck after your cost of goods, you got 50 cents after all your overhead. Now you have 20 cents left. That's your profit. That's what your profit is. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. You need to understand, this is the key thing. When I work with a business owner or a, an entrepreneur or a business, whatever, depending on what the coaching engagement is, but if I've any involvement in sort of like this, 
like th- their strategy towards their business and it work with their their financial department their cfo ceo uh cfo um you got to understand their break even their break even so the, okay the break even I, I i can't even i wish i could draw this on a on a uh chalkboard but i can't because it's a podcast it's audio but basically you want to divide very simply you divide the overhead by the gross profit percent percent so let's say you have a total revenue of a million bucks and your gross profit is five hundred thousand. that's 50 percent gross profit margin and your net profit is two hundred thousand, which is uh 20%, um, the overhead would be 300,000. And if you take 300,000, you divide it by that gross profit margin as a percent, which is 50,000, that would be uh, 600,000. What's 300,000 divided by 50%? Actually, hold on. Let me get, hold on. Let me get a calculator. I got to, I see, I told you I can't do this in my head. Pilots can't do mental math. Let's do this. So you got a million bucks minus gross profit of 500,000. That gives you 50%, correct? Yep. Minus another 300, or you got 200,000. That's a 20% profit margin. Net profit margin. Net profit margin, which means your overhead is 300,000. Yes. Right? So if you divide the overhead by the gross profit percent, so 300,000 divided by percent it's 600,000 I see what you did yeah 600,000 that's your break even because you have a million dollars in profit or a million dollars in total you revenue you need to generate at least 600,000 dollars in six, revenue so here's the deal yep you've got to hustle and this is where guys they don't understand this you have to do your business should be focusing on hitting that 600,000 as fast as possible this is why remember our gross profit margin was 50% meaning we keep half but then after you subtract all your overhead you only keep 20% once you hit 600,000 every dollar that you make you make 50% on that dollar because you've covered your overhead because you covered your overhead that's the key and right so, there. Is- and, and they don't understand. And so it's like, that's why you're not profitable. They go, I have all this money coming in and well, you know we're doing everything. It's churning, right? We're, we're, doing, we're making half a million dollars a year. Why am I still broke? Because you didn't, you're still working at your net profit margin as a percent. You're still working at 20%. So you've got to get past your break even. So this is part... Uh, to, to if I can rephrase it for the idiots in the group like me, this is where you this is part of your pre-start planning when you're looking and going, how much what is my overhead going to be before I make my first dollar? That's right. So I haven't even started yet, but I know I'm gonna have to have all these other expenses that whether I make a dollar or not, that's still there. It's like the utilities. The lights are still gonna be on, even if no one shows up, I still gotta pay the electric bill. So you're saying before you got to know before you start, you better hit at least 600000 
you know, before and, and think about your market. Zero. Yeah, right. Think about like your target market and how many units you have to sell yeah. and how much. And they don't plan on that. They're like, uh, well, I don't know. You know, I don't know how many I need to sell. I just want to so, sell more. It's like, yeah. So in that example, six hundred thousand. And if your each widget that you're selling is ten dollars, you've got to sell sixty thousand of those. Do that's you, right. And what's the cost that you're going to have to do to 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 produce sixty thousand and do and to market that? So those are, I think that, but that's all part of that uh, prior planning. The old saying prevents piss poor performance. Yes, that you don't do. You just start not realizing. Okay, wh what's what's my goal just to get to zero before I can start putting anything back into my pocket? Because up until that point, everything's an outlay. You're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not even covering your costs. Nope. And you're and not so a lot costs. of people do that, and they set themselves up where all of a sudden now they're going, why am I? I I, I hear guys talk about it all along all the time. Oh, I made three hundred fifty thousand dollars last year in sales. Well, and what and but you can see the stress and go, what's going on? Well, I'm not making any money, and they can't equate that the sales. Everybody like you, I think I've you know Carl Bryan has said it. People talk about how they make five hundred thousand or a million dollars and they're broke. Yeah, they don't, it, it has nothing to do has with nothing how do much, with much you make. No, it, it's how much you keep. Yep, that's whether you're viable. And how much you keep is your understanding of the numbers, and understanding of the strategy, and understanding what should be your strategy. So if you ask me, so so let's say I'm coaching you, and you're like, okay, we make a million dollars in total revenue, and I'm like, dude. 600,000 is what put, we put up on the chalkboard in huge numbers every day. And when we work with the accountants, we are hustling to be able, and we are, when we come up with a marketing plan and, and all of our strategy and how we understand our numbers is with that break even in mind, is, is toward the service of that break even so that all future profits past the break even are at gross profit margins, yeah. not net. That's, that's know, one thing, like that, and there's fifty things you know that go, but, goes into this. But here's the more realistic one that, I, uh, unfortunately, you've talked about is the fact is they didn't make a million. You go to the person, and go, okay, what was your sales last year? Four hundred sixty-eight thousand dollars. Oh, that's awesome. Let's talk about where you need to be, and that's when you went through your calculations. And go, oh, by the way, that's great. Four hundred sixty-eight thousand is awesome. You needed to be at six hundred. Right. You haven't even got you still have another hundred and thirty two thousand dollars to go before right. you even can start talking. So that that number looks really good until you realize you never even got to where you needed to be just to to start putting money in the pocket. And I think that's that where I'm where I was going with this when I first started was about the mindset that you go into the business with going and, and if you're gonna start these things, make sure that you understand eyes wide open where you need to go. Other than the fact, I just because you like doing something, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But if you're gonna if you're gonna treat it then, uh, as more than a hobby and try to treat it a business, then look at all the things that you need to do to make it a profitable one. Because if you don't do that, uh, your mindset you weren't in the proper mindset to start with, and it's just gonna set you up for a tremendous amount of stress and or failure because you're going, why am I not being profitable? I'm making a half a million dollars. Well, you needed another hundred thousand before you even. Started making yep. money. So that I agree. I think that's you have to understand some of the basics of like numbers. You got to be able to. The second thing I think you just sort of thought of this when you're talking about that is they don't control accounts receivable. They don't recall uh, control accounts payable. So accounts receivable is how you get paid, like when you get paid. 
you want your cash position to be high. And when there's a delay in payment, that creates a problem. There could be cash flow issues that's very common where businesses are in this like, okay, are you in a permanent dip, uh, you know, where it's basically a cul-de-sac or a cliff or are not? So when you can start to control that of how you get paid in a more expeditious way, that can be part of it. Secondly, is you want to delay how much you pay out as quickly as possible. So one of the things that I do with businesses, when I the first thing I do is I'm like, okay, I want to see the credit card statements of everything. And if you've got your, you know, stuff on there that you don't want me to see, like your porn subscriptions or whatever the <laughs> hell it is, right? Just take a magic marker. It shouldn't markers, be on there for business, right? anyways. Right, exactly. You know, but but I mean, it's just like it's crazy what people are like. You know, I, I don't want to show you my expenses because they're, they're hiding stuff. But I'm like, listen, I need to know what what the expenses are, and then my job is I I turn it into a game. I say I want to either a you have to convince me not to cut this expense. Just cut it. Second, if we can't cut it, is there a cheaper version of it that we can that we can do, use, right? You don't need the gold plan, maybe you need the bronze plan to do, you know, minimum effective dose to what we need. And if 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 we can't cut the version of it, then let's see if we can renegotiate the cost. And we just go do it line item by line. We it's like let's cut it. Let's find the cheaper version or let's renegotiate it. And that is like free money, man. It's just free money. You're saving money. Oh, every That's dollar. That's the first piece. Every it's dollar. dollar for dollar. It's like a tax credit. Dollar and it's, for dollar. it's significant. I mean, when you do this, you're like, people are shocked at how much money they just, it's like there, I just found you a hundred K right there. You know, you have to do that. Second is it's very, you know, raise prices. Can you raise prices? Can the market bear that? is is the value there of what you're but raising prices if you just raise prices 10 percent uh it's amazing there's a little calculator that you and i know about that yeah. you can see where y- you can literally afford to lose 40 percent of your of your clients if you just raise your price 10 percent. i mean it's like that blows people's minds when they just understand the numbers and conversely a ten when you offer a 10 percent discount Terrible. it has what it's it, what, devastating. How much more you have to make it? It, it doesn't yeah, sound like a like, lot, does it? It could be sixty percent more you have to sell to accommodate for a ten percent discount. It's and this amazing. is just understanding the numbers. So, like, all right. So then, let's say you kind of go work through that. Eighty twenty, eighty twenty, twenty percent of your what you do accounts for eighty percent of your profit. And so, but, but you're, and then conversely, you're spending 80% of your products or what you do accounts for 20% of your profits. So you want to like get rid of that as quickly as possible and put all of your energy towards the most profitable aspects of your business, whether that's a service, whether it's a type of avatar of customer, whatever it is, you want to focus on, you want to do 80, 20, 80, 20, 80, 20, 80, 20. Now you got your one thing. It sounds important. cold, but it's a business. And sometimes, you know, and if you're really, really profitable, then you have the, the freedom and the liberty to For do sure. certain things that you couldn't do otherwise. But if you don't do that, you're going to be uh, just struggling all the time because, like you say, a lot of your time, energy, effort, and money is going to go to things that don't really help the business become right. profitable and remain profitable. That's right. So that's. 80 20 and then okay i'm just like grabbing at like some basic fundamental stuff here 
and then the, the last thing I would do is understanding like, okay, so what is, what are the five things that matter the most in a business? Well, you have to have leads, meaning you've got to be able to figure out who are potential clients. Um, and that can be confusing. You know, you don't actually know who your client is. And when you're 80, 20, then you're like, okay, that's our client that we need to go after. That's the customer. So you've got to be able to generate leads. Then you have to be able to convert the leads into a client or a customer. To an actual buyer. To a buyer, right? You can. It's great if you go door to door, but if nobody wants to buy, it's a waste. So you've got to have a process. So a process for determining your leads, a process then for converting the leads to uh, clients. Then you have to increase the number of transactions. They call that lifetime value, right? Get them to yep. buy more, right? Use your service and more, more often. More often. Repeat buyers. Repeat buyers. You have to have a competitive pricing strategy, uh, which is really a competitive upfront offer. You have to have upsells. You have to have downsells. You have to have cross-sells. Uh, and most people have none of that. They're just like, what do you mean? I just sell this. And it's like, that's just pure silliness. I mean, would I you like fries with that? Yeah. Is like you know is a is a billion dollar solution to McDonald's or you know I mean you know it's like yeah it's amazing it, how much money that's generated them over right the years. do you want to supersize I think they got rid of that because yeah, it's making people did. fat and sick but you know which good they should get rid of that but I mean, but you know but it's like that's the idea or okay you don't want this well how about something that is more appropriate or smaller for as a, as a place to start because you already got them in the door so anything else you add should just add to your bottom line that's right so that's you know proper upfront price pricing you need a pricing strategy and then fundamentals of profit of building profit which is understanding numbers understanding things like net and gross and and you know total revenue and break-even points and those kinds of things but what most what most entrepreneurs do is they go i have a great idea and here's a website it's like that's just you know that's not enough to get it done. I will give you a personal um, experience that I think uh, people need to look at if you're going to start uh, a venture outside of your primary occupation, whatever it is, is don't get absorbed or fall into the trap of the shiny object syndrome. And, you know, if you're a virtual, in other words, you have a website, people are always offering you new software that, that will solve this problem whether it really solves your problem or not. It looks, it, this is the newest, latest. Or if you have a physical business, hey, this new piece of equipment is going to do this for you. Or it's going to allow you to be 10% more uh, efficient. You've got a way out, does it? It does the, the, does the improved efficiency or ability to get to your client outweigh the cost that it takes to purchase the item, whether it's software or, or a new printer or a new, uh, um, you know, if you're, whatever it is you're doing, because people always want the newest, the greatest, the best. And most of the time you don't need it. And I fell into that trap and it was, it, and it's, it's insidious. You just, you think you're doing what's right for the business and you're really just spending money you don't have yep. before you've really justified the need for it. So be careful when you start something, get what you need don't get what you want because wants are not needs. And if you're going to start something like this, 
be lean. And then as you become profitable, then you can start making those kind of decisions. Because otherwise, it just, it, the whole reason I talked about this is the stress that I saw people and it that happened in me, that it, 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 it may not affect your flying, if that, as a pilot, but it sure as heck affects your oh, family. It screws your life up. It's, and, yeah, and, and then it's, it and it just those are the things that are the foundation of your life. So don't create self-imposed stress or burdens. Go into this and 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 do like anything else that you do. You have SOPs. You have processes. Take advantage of all the things that you have at your hands and available, so that when you start it, you've set yourself up for success. Because I'll be honest with you, for as my people say, oh, you're, you got to be smart to be a pilot. Well, for all my smarts, when I started my business, I wasn't so smart. And well, it, it, I've had a lot of uh, yep. hard lessons I've learned over the years too. And, you know, it's not, and that's part of the game. I mean, you got to, if you want to play the game, you're going to get run over sometimes. And that's just. But learn how, from it. <laughs> learn from it. But here's the, here's, I want to leave it with this. This is to me the most important thing. Just help somebody. If you don't help some, if your if your business is not actually providing help, this is why I like it's like and I, look, no offense to realtors and pilots are real, but it's like there's a I mean you can't spit without hitting twenty five realtors. Everybody's a realtor, and that's but like what makes you different from everybody else? And if you if there's if you're not doing something different, you're just a commodity, and you're just gonna try to grab some market share, and that's about it. And I think that real entrepreneurship is about creating value and providing something that is so unique and so helpful and so needed that only you can do, uh, that nobody can do better than you. That's a business that you that you can that you can run with. This that what what Matt just said is a whole podcast and then some by itself. But if you want to look up these two terms, they're the same thing. Pretty much unique selling proposition mm -hmm. and a market dominating position. Look those up because that's exactly what Matt's talking about. Offering something that is unique, that all things being equal, they're going to want to take you over someone else because otherwise you just get lost in the crowd because you're just like everybody else. So it doesn't make any difference whether they grab you or someone else or get to the same spot. You got to offer them something that they can't get from anybody else but you. So... So much for the script. <laughs> what just happened? I don't even yeah, know what just happened. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised you haven't hit uh, stop record. <laughs> here's my here's my uh, yeah. here's my uh, parting shot. The dog didn't win, uh, but you haven't either yet. Because the no, did the dog go over to them? We're at a stillmate. Here's a picture. Yeah. Here, here she is on camera. You can see her. She's crashed out on the floor out there. She's <laughs> she is going to hold out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I I still stand by my comment. You'll lose the dog. I, I will know. Win I eventually. She's she's gonna completely win. She's got those big sad puppy eyes. It's like oh. Well, we've come to another end. Thank you for listening to us talk about something that's a little bit different. Still ties into the overall mental skills and awareness. Mm -hmm. um, and it is something that affects so many of us that we kind of choose to do on our own. So, with that, we thank you for listening. Please like hit the uh, the share uh leave a comment send us uh your questions we want to hear from you we love you and uh we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast until then we hope you have a great week and uh take care
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. If you want to dive deeper into this episode and every episode, go to our website, lifteffect.com forward slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, we would love it if you'd follow us on Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate your support. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, all with the ID Matthew McNeil. This show is brought to you by Lift Effect, a clinical mental health and consulting company that assists air carriers, corporate flight departments, pilot unions, and commercial pilots by providing comprehensive psychotherapy and mental skills coaching services to pilots with mental health and mental performance related issues. Visit lifteffect.com, that's L-I-F-T-A-F-F-E-C-T.com to book your free consultation. And finally, this podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of counseling, psychotherapy, medicine, or any other healthcare service, including the giving of medical advice. No therapeutic or provider-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional psychological advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining advice for any psychological or medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the Lift Effect Podcast.